Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Ulama Profile with myself, Ubaidullah Boja, the Thursday, the 11th of January. Uh, ever so often, there are people that inspire us, there are people that leave a legacy, and there are people who've achieved so much with their life that we are all inspired and we are motivated by their presence and we are motivated by the fact that they've achieved so much in life. One of those personalities is Professor Rashid Bika, Rahimahullah. His son, a very famous, well-known, renowned, renowned Nasheed artist, uh, Brother Zain Bika is with us and we're speaking about Professor Bika this evening. Brother Zain, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Walaikum salam, khair for having me on this program. It's such an honor. I know I've done a program on my father, and it's not an easy program, but it's a very fulfilling program, and I hope we can learn from each other this evening. Alhamdulillah, no, it's, it's such a, it was such a great uh, blessing that you reached out to us, and me and the family are really, really, um, you know, blessed, and we feel so honored, and thank you for, for this program for my father. Zain, your father, in terms of who he is, before we get into those issues, perhaps just a brief family background for our listeners to understand who we're speaking about. So, alhamdulillah, my father um, was born in uh, in 1945. He was born in Pretoria in a small little uh, place called Mountain View. And he always used to speak about great memories of his whole family and extended family. My father's uh, father uh, was Hassan Bika. And uh, my father's mother was Amina Dokrat. So, of course, the Dokrat family is very well known in Lothian and Pretoria, Pretoria North, and a very, very big family. The Bikas, uh, not as well known in Lothian, but very well known in, in places like uh, Marlborough and a few other places, mashallah. And alhamdulillah, the, you know, the, 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 the memories that he always spoke about growing up in a big, big, large family home in, in Pretoria, in Mountain View, before, uh, of course, the group areas act. Uh, forced uh, most of the non-whites into Lodium, into Lanasia and other places. But uh, they, oh, he always spoke very fondly of growing up there with multiple uncles and aunties and grew up in a very humble home, mashallah, and uh, they had a family business, which actually still runs till today, mashallah. And uh, my grandfather actually passed away at a very young age. So in, in our, in our in the Bikas, the, the men in, in our family uh, had passed away from heart attacks, <laughs> Generally under sixty. <laughs> so my father, my father was uh, was quite an anomaly. He, he, he said, you know, he, he lived until seventy-eight. But Alhamdulillah, he always spoke very, very of wonderful memories of family growing up in uh, in those times. So, so your father grew up to be uh, an amazing individual in terms of the field of alternate medicine, education, uh, uh, those things. But, but where would his initial education start and thereafter the studies? Where, where did it take him then? So he, he started, um, I mean, he, he went to, to, to the normal school, I think it was in Pretoria North. Uh, and then he, mashallah, at, at, after he finished matric, he had a passion and he wanted to study pharmacy. And he got accepted to, to Durban and he studied in, in, in Durban to become a pharmacist, mashallah. And uh, at that time, of course, times were tough, so it wasn't as if the family had a lot of funds to put all the, you know, the, the siblings and everyone through university. But my father was very blessed to have been, you know, focused and he was able to do that. He qualified as a pharmacist in the early 70s, uh, and um, he started a small pharmacy retail uh, shop in Lodium, where we, of course, 
we all grew up and we were all born, myself and my three siblings. And uh, my, my, basically, I'm the only son in my three sisters. And But my father, despite, of course, the hardship of being a non-white in those days in apartheid South Africa, he had a dream of starting his own manufacturing, uh, you know, pharmaceutical company, which I must be honest, most people thought he was crazy. And, uh, <laughs> and most people thought that he wouldn't, you know, go anywhere. But he, mashallah, he, with the help of some very, very close family, family members, especially on the doctor's side, he, um, he managed to invest in some equipment, and, and he, he started a very, very small uh, manufacturing facility in Joburg Town. I think it was in Nugget Street at the time. And um, my mom always tells us about stories about the Medicines Control Council coming to inspect the place. And as, as, as I mentioned, I mean, as a non-white person starting pharmaceutical manufacturing with such stringent laws of, you know, manufacturing practices and quality control, my father just, he had a passion, and I always said he had a gift, you know, of making, I mean, ultimately, he started this company called BTEDS Pharmaceuticals the year I was born, in 1974, and he um, he started making, some, he, got, he got a few products that he managed to start manufacturing and started getting dossiers, and, and it was a very, very humble operation, and, you know, he, it, was, it was a lot of hard work and sacrifice, especially since he, we, we continued living in Lodium, I mean, for all his life. Um, so he used to travel up and down between Pretoria and Johannesburg every day to, to keep this business going. And I remember I, as a young person growing up in our home, it was always that my father was struggling to keep this massive pharmaceutical manufacturer going. But alhamdulillah, after many, many years, um, it grew into one of the largest pharmaceutical manufacturers in the country. And my dad was employing hundreds of people in a huge plant in report that he built by himself and I mean you know despite his humble beginnings he just had a passion and he I think uh, if I can narrow it down he, he just wasn't afraid to, to to work hard and follow his dreams and take a chance and, um, and and wasn't afraid to fail and I mean there was many setbacks over the over the many 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 years but alhamdulillah you know as a pharmacist I always remember watching my, my dad in a white coat walking down the aisles of the of the factory and he would be listening to the machines and watching everything. And he, he's a very, very hands-on entrepreneur. So when I joined the business in the 90s, um, I had a lot to learn. And, and to be honest, I only discovered who my father was when I, when I watched him at, at, at the workplace for my, from the time I worked with him for all of these years. And I think that's something that I miss the most, just watching him and the, the millions of things and lessons that I learned from him. So subhanAllah, he, he built this massive business. And then I think in the in the late late sort of early 90s, he there was a massive shift in in our life as a family. Um, my younger sister Zahira, we went on a on a trip to the far east, and she came back and she wasn't well. She was only I think about eight years old at the time, and um, she developed a um, sort of a lung disease that was affecting her breathing heavily. And um, and I think as a pharmacist. My father was manufacturing all the antibiotics in our in our company, in BTEBS, and he was also manufacturing, you know, cortisones and all the drugs that my, my, my sister was on, but nothing could help. And the doctors even said that, look, she's not, you know, it doesn't look good. She had to be on heavy doses of cortisone. She had to be, she was hospitalized many times. She had to be on, you know, on oxygen machines many times. And they said, the, you know, the, the hardening of the inside lining of the lungs was, um, according to them, not treatable. 
And okay. it was, it, I think I think it shook him as a pharmacist, you know, in the early 90s, even though he had all this medication. Um, and then he started delving into other, you know, sort of modalities of, of, of medicine. And then he, he really, started, I think when he, he became very disillusioned with the shortfalls of modern medicine and he became more, in, more interested in other modalities. And then he, he of course, I think he, he stumbled upon the work of Ibn Sina, who is, of course, most uh, <clears throat> people in the, in the you know, medicine world regard him as the father of medicine, a very, very famous Muslim uh, physician, scholar, subhanAllah, uh, the, the West called him Avicenna, but his, his true name was Ibn Sina. And my daddy was fascinated by his theory on how to deal with illness and how to, you know, just deal with, with, with being healthy, remaining healthy, but also looking at the body as a whole, as opposed to, you know, the Western philosophy, which generally just tackles, uh, you know, each thing on and mostly deals with symptoms. And it was in that time, early, mid-90s, that my dad traveled to Pakistan and he, um, he worked with the Hamdard Institute and he got fascinated by the concept of waqf because uh, Hamdard uh, University and the whole Hamdard organization in Pakistan, even though it's a huge uh, organization, but the entire thing is waqf. So my father wanted to do the same thing and in 1995, um, he formed the Ibn Sina Institute of Tib in South Africa as and uh, registered it with, um, with a you know, with the Medicines Control Council and also as a works. Um, and, and alhamdulillah, that, that, that works is still growing and inshallah it will continue the work. But I think that was the shift that he started towards more holistic healing. So, so it's fascinating because when your father speaks about it, the one thing that I've learned and I've interacted with him several times is the passion that came out of uh, the work that he done. I don't think it was for the income. I don't think it was for the numbers. But the passion in which he, he would do this work and he would sit down and if you would engage him, he had such a dearth of information that one was just amazed by the amount of research that went behind this Professor Rashid Bika. Yeah, alhamdulillah. You know, he was, I think this was the cornerstone of, of who he was. Like, I mean, um, even though we had this large company which... You know, he became very, very disinterested in because he he discovered this passion of... And alhamdulillah, thereafter, you know, my sister went on to multiple treatments and my father took charge of her health. And today she's, mashallah, an adult and she's married and she's got children of her own. And despite the, the, the bad diagnosis at that time, but alhamdulillah, you know, through Allah's blessings and, and you know, my dad really... I think gave him hope. And as you say, it, it was all about providing a great amount of... Uh, benefit to, to mankind, to human, human beings. And he always said that the Ibn Sina Institute of Tip should be a work that, that can continue and providing education and providing treatment in a more holistic way of people, but not just people who can afford it, but even people who can't. And I think that's been his focus, or was his focus, alhamdulillah, you know, till, till he passed away. He was passionate in writing textbooks uh, right until he passed away, alhamdulillah. Saying so don't don't uh, cut the line. We have a few guests coming on as we're going to be talking. We have on the line with us now Morana Ashraf Dokran from Pretoria. Morana does the book review program, and Morana has worked closely with Uncle Rashid on several projects. Morana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. 
Molana, the Dokaraj family is linked to, to the Bika family in, in ways, and uh, you've interacted a lot with Uncle Rashid. What are some of your thoughts and some of your uh, things that you would like to share this evening? Yes, Molana, uh, we know that life is such that some people uh, who cross your path leave an indelible mark on your being. And uh, I think for me, Professor Rashid Bika was one such person. Uh, he will be remembered as a man of many accomplishments. And great accomplishments, accomplishments always require great grace and great enthusiasm. And I think in many senses, uh, uh, Professor Rashid Bika embodied both. He was a trailblazer in many ways. He did a great deal for the promotion of TIB in South Africa. We know that in the 90s, uh, South Africa's Health Professionals Council allowed for the registration of uh, allied health workers and health practitioners. And it was Professor Bika who rallied the Kims and others and offered them a course to register them as doctors. Later, Dr. Bika was also able to register a postgraduate program in Yunani TIP at the University of Western Cape and obtained for formal recognition for TIP Yunani with the Allied Health Professional Council of South Africa in 2001. Uh, he has a number of academic papers to his uh, credit, um, and his academic papers uh, were, were really uh, important contributions. They, they contributed positively to the philosophical principles of vices, temperament, humors, and lifestyle factors. And we know his tip range of products that became very well known and is now freely available at all leading chemists. Uh, he was not a young man, and over 60 when he obtained his doctorate degree. This shows his resilience and his love for learning. Although he was a trained pharmacist, like Zain has just mentioned, he understood well the problems that were associated with allopathic medicines, and he was passionate that people should break free from the clutches of the pharmaceutical industry. I had pleasure of working closely with him on the book we authored jointly, The Medicine of the Prophet wasallam. By the way, Professor Bika had authored 10, 10 books and more than 20 academic articles in his illustrious career. He had prepared several drafts of this book. Together we had done a number of these uh, drafts and none of them were exactly what we had in mind. Then one day he had a brainstorm on how the book should be structured and we followed the plan. But what was remarkable in this is that Uncle Rashid always wanted to make sure about the hadith and the other Islamic quotations that we had included in the book. He was careful not to include something that was not supported or was not very authentic. We had also worked closely on a series on tape for ITV. I remember clearly, clearly that we had to at times record several episodes at once. And this was something very, very tiring. What was amazing was that he had the energy and passion to appear fresh and enthusiastic throughout these recordings. Professor Rashid Baker was a man of intense love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a person of sterling iman. He saw the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his creation. When he had published his last book, he called me to check if the copy he sent me had arrived and told me that I would particularly like the second chapter. In this chapter, he shows clearly the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where the organs are so perfectly created and how the three uh, organ theory of the heart, liver and brain and its respective qualities provides insight into the holistic and integrative approach between the tissues and or the main organs with energies, faculties, and functions. He was a grateful person. I had introduced him to an online platform to make his academic work available to a wider audience. He 
it was kind of embarrassing for me that whenever we met and time and time after time, he kept thanking me for the small insignificant gesture. There were small thoughtful things that he and Auntie Mariam, his spouse, did regularly. Every year, they would prepare gifts for those students who were going to set the matric exams. This included also the tested Tessaway tip tablets. What was remarkable is that he had a great respect for ulama and always encouraged students who were studying deen. He would visit the sit. I remember that when my brother-in-law was terminally ill with cancer, Professor Rashid visited him on a daily basis. At the height of the COVID ep epidemic, he was not deterred at all and continued to visit the ill. He would attend Janaza Salah without fail. Professor Rashid Baker became very ill, but he kept soldiering on bravely. Just two weeks before his demise, we had a meeting to discuss how a tip course can be offered at the Darul Uloom. He was a regular musalli and loved beautiful recitation of the Quran Kareem. He particularly liked the reading of the late Hafiz Naim Jibai. And since Hafiz Naim at that time was an imam at two different masajid, he would follow him to the other masjid to listen to his recitation. Professor Rashid Bika has certainly left a deep footprint for all of us. His life should serve as an inspiration to the next generation. We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make all his life's efforts and projects a means of sadaqat ajariya for him. Amen. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him the best abode in the akhirah. Amen. Jazakallah so much, Mawlana. I think that was insightful and there was so much to learn. Allah ta'ala always bless you and keep on taking work of deen from you. Amen. That was Marana Sharaf Dokrat, and he was speaking about uh, Uncle Rashid Bika. Zain, Zain, in terms of uh, Uncle Rashid as a father, we, we know you, you, alhamdulillah, worldwide are known for the nizams and the nasheeds that you present. But who was Uncle Rashid to you as a father? Subhanallah, just, uh, I want to say thank you to Marana Sharaf. Such beautiful words, and again, it just makes you realize uh, what he meant for so many people. and. I mean, not just us as the family, but uh, the legacy that he leaves. I think for me, as a, I was thinking about it the other day. Subhanallah, you know, uh, growing up in the 90s, and um, I always used to love singing. I always used to write poetry. And I mean, if I, if I think about um, the nature of our community at the time and the nature of generally our families, it would be something that the parents would not even take seriously. But my father was so different. He was the one who encouraged me. He knew that I was going through a difficult time at, at, at that time when I was, you know, 1994, when I lost my friend and I was really going through a really tough time. And he booked a studio for me because he knew I had a few songs that I listened with Molana Limbada in, in Pretoria. And I also did this anthem for the Muslim school in Pretoria. And he booked a studio for me and he said, it, it will allow you to, you know, to share your voice. And subhanAllah, he, he, you know, he really, really encouraged me. Even after we, we you know, we made the first cassette, he, he, he you know, took the cassette and promoted it to so many people around the world. So as a father for me, I think I, 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 I was mostly in awe of my dad. I think he just, as uh, what Molana Ashraf mentioned, he was just such a, a disciplined person in his life. What he dedicated for his work, for his Afira and for his family, and uh, also for his community. He felt very, very strongly towards family and community. He was completely unafraid during uh, COVID. I mean, he, we would actually be afraid for him, but he would, you know, he would visit everybody who was sick. And I think right till the end, 
on the on the on the day he passed away, he was still highlighting the need for us to always look after family. And, and I think Subhanallah, this was a, a pretty important person for us. But I think also as a person, we always knew my father to be a very balanced person, a person who, who was very pragmatic and diplomatic, even in dealing with difficult times, difficult situations. He was always very uh, pragmatic in his approach, and he, he would he would be able to bring people together, even sometimes under the most difficult of circumstances. And he always had respect for everybody, and he was very, very non-judgmental of anybody. And despite, alhamdulillah, how much he's achieved in his life, he, were, he always remembered, he always remained very, you know, humble and, and, and true to himself. He, never, he was never lavish in anything. And again, this concept of balance and also very, very disciplined in his daily adhkars and his daily recitation. Right till the end, I thought that was what got, got him through, you know, with this tough illness of motor neuron disease. I think the discipline that he had of waking up every day, uh, you know, for Tahajjud, then praying for Jerry, and then staying up, and then, you know, never, never allowing him to delay his salah, uh, all the extra, you know, salah he used to make. I, we were actually always involved. He made many lessons for us to follow and very big shoes to fill, unfortunately. No, definitely, definitely. We have on the line with us someone that knew Uncle uh, Rashid for many, many years, and, and one of the persons who was in charge and the chairman of our masjid in Pretoria, uh, Uncle Ibrahim Dokrat, the father of Moran Ashraf. Uncle Ibrahim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Uncle Ibrahim, you, you knew Uncle Rashid for many years growing up. There's the family uh, part as well. But in terms of your interaction with Uncle Rashid, well, what did you find him as a person? And what are some of your thoughts that you could share this evening? Uh, you know, as you say, Malana, Uncle Rashid and I, we grew up uh, together as children. You know, we, were, we, come, from, we come from the suburbs of Pretoria. Uh, we from him, from Mountain View, and... Uh, and uh, myself uh, from Pretoria North. Uh, we attended the same primary school together in Pretoria North. All right. And we also went to the high school in Marabastad, the Pretoria Indian Boys High. So we know Uncle Rashid grew up to be an amazing person, but in terms of his youth growing up with him, what did you find were some of the qualities you would have seen in Uncle Rashid, Uncle Ibrahim? Well, uh, Uncle Rashid was a very, you know, like we were together at Salisbury Island. Uh, that was the university for Indians, you know. Uh, and of course now it is the uh, University College for Indians, uh, uh, Indians in Durban. And uh, he pursued his legal studies there. And, uh, you know, he was a very, very uh, uh, studious person. And, and 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 I think he had no difficulty at that time. And there were, you know, facilities were not very good at the island. The university was not very well equipped. But uh, Uncle Rashid managed to finish the to finish the degree there. So. He's been a person that has been involved in many different aspects of, of upliftment uh, in, in terms of the community, the masjid, in terms of his philanthropy. Uh, what do you feel were some of the qualities that the listeners can learn from? 
Well, Uncle Rashid, you know, was a very generous person. Uh, he was very well known for his philanthropy. Uh, he contributed open-handedly to the various organizations he was associated with, the, the Pretoria North Muslim Educational Institute, uh, the Dar es Salaam Islamic Center, the Tswane Muslim School, and the Muslim Zakat and Charity Fund. Uh, by doing so, he was able to assist students to advance their careers and eliminate the suffering of many people in the community. He always gave without being reminded to do so. Uh, and and uh, this, this is a remarkable quality about Uncle Rashid. Uh, you never had to approach him. Uh, he, he would come forward himself and then and, 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 and do his yearly contribution, you know. Gee, gee. Is there anything else Uncle Ibrahim would like to share this evening with the listeners? Well, you know, I think one of the outstanding qualities of uh, Brother Rashid was, was his humbleness and his humility. He was a committed Muslim and always displayed good Islamic character. Gee, gee. Uncle Ibrahim, we say Jazakallah so much for your time this evening. No, no, no. I'm sure we'll all solely miss sorry miss uncle rashid uh yeah i think he is not with us anymore but his uh, reward of his good deeds will certainly abide and uh, we it is our fervent prayer that his children will carry on the values carry on the same values of modesty generosity and humbleness as their father inshallah and, and and they will continue and they will continue the good work that their father has left as a legacy to them. Jazakallah so much, Uncle Ibrahim. That was Uncle. That was Uncle Ibrahim Dokra. He's the chairman at the Chwane Muslim School at the, the Dar es Salaam Center, as well as the chairman of the Jamiatul Ulama Chwane branch. He oversees things here. Zain, we, we've discussed a few things in terms of your father, his studies, the family background. I, I want to come a little bit with what Uncle Ibrahim has said and some of his qualities. So philanthropy, generosity comes out. Humbleness is something that it was remarkable in your father. You know, he would visit the masjid whenever he was here. I also reached Salah the same masjid. Uh, what are some of the qualities you think uh, that can inspire our listeners from Uncle Rashid? Yes, subhanAllah, you know, the, I think the main things that I I definitely always um, hold on to is the fact that he always treated everybody with the same level of respect, even though when we had large companies and large, you know, people, whether it was the cleaner on the street or whether it was, you know, a, a big businessman, my father would always treat them with the same level of respect. And uh, he always encouraged us to give as much as we can, even if it was, you know, a little bit for somebody asking for food, whatever. My father never let anybody, or tried never to let anybody leave empty-handed. He was always very, very generous. And alhamdulillah, the bursary program that he ran, that he still continued to run, 
for, for many, many uh, students around the country. Uh, he's very, very passionate about that. And of course, any aid that he can, that he could provide um, through the TIP Foundation or the Ibn Institute of TIP, he was always willing to do. And I think that's, that's what struck, that's what struck you know, us as a family, always just the, the generosity and the willingness to help. And then I mentioned that just the fact about being so disciplined in his life. He was so disciplined and, and a, perfectionist, a, a perfectionist as well. I mean, I remember working with him and he would ask us, I mean, my sisters always tell us the same thing. He would ask us to rewrite something and pick up mistakes. And he said, no, when we do something, we've got to do it to the best of our ability. Or just don't attempt it to do something at all. Really do it the best. And I think that's something that, that has stuck with us, that we always remember our father in that respect and he always did his best in what he did with a great amount of passion and as Molana also mentioned earlier with the with with energy that, that was unmatched my father would you know we had so many clinics alhamdulillah around the country put up for the disadvantage we still have a clinic in Cape Town that sees to um, you know over six seven hundred patients a month um, and all it's a very very nominal fee and all, all completely with, uh, with the tip outlook so so in a very, very holistic way with cupping, of course, it's a sunnah, with, uh, with my father's uh, medication and, 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 and the, the concept of the temperaments from TIP, that, that, that I think he, uh, you know, he would fly around the country, he would see all the projects himself, and he would just be tireless about it. And I think it's, it's something that we always admire and, and couldn't even match despite him you know, being so much older. But I, yeah, I, think, I think those are the lessons. And also my father, as I mentioned earlier, he, he always, taught us ne- never to judge anybody, but to really look at everyone. There's, you know, everyone has good qualities. We, we can learn from everyone, despite sometimes we may not agree, but we can always learn lessons, great lessons from everyone. And Alhamdulillah, always encouraged us to also learn. And I think that's something that stuck with us, that to continue our learning, you know, uh, we, of course, Islamic education is first and foremost. And he also, from a young age, always encouraged us to for example, read the English Quran because many of us, of course, don't speak Arabic. So he always encourages us to find, learn the meanings, discover, contemplate, and and I think those those are some of the things that really stuck with us. Respected listeners, we are speaking to Brother Zain Bika, and we are discussing his father, the Professor Rashid Bika. Professor Rashid was the one that. Uh, uh, initiated the TIB Institute, people would see the medicines in the different uh, chemists, etc. Uh, on this year, uh, and, and uh, that would be the one that we, he manufactured himself uh, in, in the business that was run by the family. And alhamdulillah, that flourished to be a good business. Many people are the beneficiaries of medicine of that sort. And alternate medication is something also that he would... Uh, venture into and at the end of his life something that he gave much more time than the actual business itself and we had spoken to Morana Ashraf Dokrat, we had spoken to Uncle Ibrahim, we have one more guest on the line that will be coming inshallah and after that uh, we were going to just be wrapping up with Brother Zain Uncle Farooq, Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullah Thank you for the grand title of uncle at 70. I do feel, I feel young because at, at that, at old nine. you you've known Uncle Rashid for a while. What are some of the sentiments you could share with us this evening? I don't know if you're able to hear me clearly. I don't know if the line is clear. 
Islamic qualities of reason and you know this is mentioned many times in the noble Quran that as Muslims we must have a passion for ilm and we must be reflexive not just reflective and he modeled that but he was eminently human and humble and I think that's what I found endearing so I, I want to say that for a friendship that lasted from 1990 from 1996 till now you know his uh, beautiful wife Umi, uh, Miriam is also of uh, you know in a class of love and compassion and so are his beautiful daughters and so I think and son Zane humble souls talented and good Muslims and that's important and you know Allah keeps on reminding us in the Quran don't let your status go to your head and don't let your talent go to your head let Allah feature in your discussions and your breathing and your living and all that. I think Rishi, Prof. Rishi Mika did well. I think he was mindful with his, oh, it was Allah aware and Allah aligned and more importantly, Allah driven. And I adored his self-consciousness. I also like the fact that he knew that he owed it to Allah to try and ameliorate or improve the human condition. He did that. Allah must accept all his efforts, inshallah. And, you know, such nobility uh, make you feel good. And I remember telling me that he had gone up to Jabal al-Nur and uh, he says, oh, if, uh, I remember his phrase. He says, it was so nice to follow in the footsteps of our Habibi, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And I had a warm and fuzzy feeling. And I had come to the top and I, I had wondered how our Habibi, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, must have felt when the message, first revelation came. So it was that kind of discussion that we used to have, sometimes deep, often light, many times of the heart and of the spirit, but always with a sense of our duty to Allah and duty to our fellow uh, human beings. I think, you know, his strength as a Muslim is the way he wanted to serve humankind. It wasn't, you know, sectarian. It didn't only um, serve Muslims. I think he, he did what every good Muslim should do, as you know, Mulana, which is that we have to serve humankind. And I, I adored him. I liked him. And I have an inordinate amount of respect for him. I think Molina Ashraf, Dr. Uh, Molina Ashraf Dokrat and uh, Prof. Bika and I made a lovely team when we used to go to the then ITV and we used to do our program called uh, Medicine of the uh, Prophet, of the Prophet, uh, was Medicine of the Prophets. So 
We still have great fun um, recording that program. And I, I think you can, you can see it coming through um, during the um, interview as well. So, you know, really, I am very grateful and thankful that my soul has been enriched by uh, Prof. Baker, his beautiful wife, Umi Mariam, Zane and his lovely sisters, or, and his uh, Zane's children. Allah bless them all, and Allah inspire them to do likewise as their father has done. All Muslims actually should strive to leave the world in a better place through kindness, through compassion. Remember Allah says in chapter 67 verse 2, and it's stuck in my brain, Malana, when my father and mother used to tell us, my mom, late mom, Allah bless her, she used to say, there's not enough seconds in the day to thank Allah. And my late dad used to say, chapter 67, verse 2, the reason we are in, on this planet is because Allah simply and elegantly says, I have created you to do good. And I think my Habibi Prof. Rashid Baker, I think he has fulfilled Allah's wish. And therefore, I make dua that Allah grant him a very high status in Jannah to Firdaus, and that indeed Allah, I'm sure, will say to him, come my servant, enter my palace, because I think Prof. Bika uh, um, is a worthy servant of Allah. So I, I thought I'd, I'd just end with, with that, if that's okay. We've come almost to the end of the program. Uh, Brother Zain, are you with us? Thank you so much. It was so wonderful to hear. All I just want to ask you your closing remarks, and then we have a few minutes to, to close the program, Zain. Now, Jazakallah Khair, I just want to say thank you for this wonderful, wonderful opportunity. And um, I, th I think just to close off, you know, my, my father always instilled upon us a deep sense of, uh, of commitment to family, but also to commitment to ourselves and bettering ourselves. A deep amount of discipline. You know, my father's revival of so many sunnah um, from the black seed, uh, the use of the black seed um, in, the, in the early 90s when, when nobody was talking about it, to the use of cupping, uh, mashallah, to, you know, just giving in charity and giving selflessly to remain humble and uh, to always do your best. And I think what we miss the most in our family is just the, his voice of optimism. My father was a very optimistic person, even in dark times. He'd always say that we should do our best and Allah will always be kind and, and generous to us and we should never be pessimistic about anything because Allah is always in control of everything. And that's uh, the one thing that we must, uh, just that voice of reason and that voice of optimism. Uh, and I, I guess it's a great example of the Prophet also, that he was always so optimistic even when things were bad. He always said, Alhamdulillah. So I just want to thank Radio Islam for this wonderful, wonderful program. Salute to my dad on behalf of my whole family. We say Jazakallah, we are truly, we share in your sorrow at the loss of, loss of your death. But let me tell you, he's left a legacy and I'm confident that yourself, your siblings and the grandchildren will follow that legacy and only build on it, inshallah. 
ان شاء الله امين جزاك الله خيرا اكسبكتد ليسنرز تيتوز براذر زين بيكان هي واز سبيكينج اباوت هيز فادر جست تو جيف يو ان انديرستاندينغ اوف هو ذا انديفيديوال واز جست اولموست ات ذا تايم اوف جمعه واي وايل سيتينغ وذ ذا فاميلي هي باست هيز لاست فيو مينتس انتو ليفينغ ذا ستيمبوراري وورلد اند جوينغ انتو ذا ايفرلاستينغ لايف اوف اخره That just gives us an understanding what an amazing person he was by the way that he had passed away. We all desire to have a Jummah more to leave this world on a Friday. But the time of Jummah to leave this world is a great favor and bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This teaches us another lesson. It's not only that you have to be an alim to serve the deen and the people. There are so many ways to... for those that have not studied the alim course that you can make a difference be it in philanthropy be it reviving a sunnah be it in serving people be it in humility and these are some of the salient qualities that one would pick up from professor rashid bika rahimahullah ta'ala when one follows a path with an objective that leads towards Allah we say jazakumullah khaira from myself ubaidullah boja Brother Ziyad is behind the buttons. Uh, it's always been a pleasure to be in your company. Next week, respected listeners, we speak about Marana Yahya Sallu Rahimahullah of Roshni. Again, we hope to be inspired by his legacy. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.